America is in trouble. We've turned our backs on God, forsaken our history, and too easily succumbed to tyrannical orders. Our problem seems overwhelming, but the solution is simple. It's time we return to the Lord in strict adherence to the Constitution of the United States. Welcome to the Constitution Solution, one podcast under God. We're your hosts, Mark Deluzio and Christy Tyrone. Now, let's get on with the show. Hi, welcome to another edition of the Constitution Solution, one podcast under God with Mark Deluzio and my co-host, Christy Tyrone. Hi, Christy. How are you doing today? Ready to learn about enumerated powers. Oh, okay. That's the A. You're a good straight person. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to talk about the enumerated powers. Let's set this up a little bit, though, Christy. Uh, in the Constitution, Article 1 all has to do with the legislative branch. Remember, we talked about the three different branches, mm-hmm. uh, the the legislative, the executive, and the judicial. Article 2 is all about the executive branch, and Article 3 is all about the uh the um, the judicial branch, which is the shortest of the three articles. Article one, the legislative branch covers 50%, if you want to count up the words, 50% of the total constitution. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember, what were there some 4,200 words in the constitution? 4,300 and something. Okay. Can you imagine, can you imagine how we ended up with the most long living government document today uh and it's only a little over four thousand words i mean how 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 well written this goes back to our words matter and how how crafty they were in terms of how they wrote things and and very economical in what they said and they were to the point and all that but anyway article about the the, the biggest impact from the fewest words which is like every good author's goal that's that's tough that's tough to do Mm -hmm. you know so article one the legislative, well, Section 8 of Article 1 talks about enumerated powers. Now, let's just kind of talk about what are they. Enumerated powers are what Congress is allowed to do, (laughs) what types of laws they can write, uh, and and what have you. And now I wanted to kind of go through the Tenth Amendment again because we talked about that before. The Tenth Amendment basically says anything that's not an enumerated power in the constitution is left to the states or to the people. Right. And that's why they put that in the 10th amendment. So, so these enumerated powers and there's 17 of them uh, cover what Congress is allowed to do. Now, one of the things I want to challenge the listeners to do as you know, time goes on after listening to this episode is have the list of this enumerated powers kind of right by your side. And every time you hear a congressman talk about what they want to do or a politician or you want to hear the president say that they want to do this and they want to do that, ask yourself the question, is it an enumerated power of our federal government? Not just of Congress who writes laws, but of the government in general. Is it allowed? And we'll talk about some examples where it's not allowed, but they do it anyway. And this is the whole reason for this podcast, to get people educated on what our rights are in what the government's not allowed to do, because every time they do something that's that they're not allowed to do, they're infringing on our rights. And that's the whole mm-hmm. essence of why we're doing this. Christy and I you know, got together and said, this is what we want to do. So I want to talk a little bit about the enumerated powers. There's a lot to, you'd probably do an episode on every single one of these, right? 
We're Maybe not gonna, we will one day. And, and, well, we probably will, especially, you know, some of these are unbelievably important. Uh, they all are. But uh, so it's broken down essentially into uh, into into two sections, a general welfare power powers and common defense powers. OK, now. I'm going to start with the 17th that says. Congress's power is to make all laws necessary and proper for carrying out the execution of the enumerated powers. <laughs> that is a power, writing the laws to actually carry out the other 16 uh, powers. Okay? So, so, yeah. And, and so uh, let's start with that one first, and then now let's talk about what kind of laws they can write. And again, if it's not listed here, those are laws they cannot write. Right? If it's not listed, they can't do it. Exactly right. And this is the whole idea of lim- and by the way, this this is the whole idea of limited government, but it's also a, subject to a lot of debate with the founders, as we talked about Jefferson and uh, Madison wanted limited government. You got guys like Adams and Hamilton in particular. Uh, your boyfriend, Noah Webster, who we just talked about <laughs> on our last podcast, big government guys. OK, <laughs> Hamilton, big government guy. And so so they debated on this. But through all the debate and all the ratifications and, you know, ratifying the 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 the, the Bill of Rights, which is our first 10 amendments, this is where they ended up. OK, so it wasn't like a lot of people think the founding fathers were in unison on what this thing needed to look like and they were not no different than today the only pro- the only difference is this is now law okay so when we debate whether or not the constitution is relevant or not if you don't follow it you're breaking the law mm, imagine a that. Of, a little bit different right than 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 mm-hmm. where they were coming from because they were formulating this back then right okay so Let's just go through some of these. Uh, one of them is to borrow money. Oh, now, they're good at that. <laughs> well, they're good at that, but only when you really read behind the scenes on borrowing money, it's 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 you know basically a reasonable uh, within context of, of 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 general financial principles that you would do this. Okay, mm-hmm. you would not go out and try to borrow you know you know one billion dollars and expect to pay it back if you you know have a, a job. That pays, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year. Well, first of all, you wouldn't get the loan, but the government doesn't have those 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 uh, constraints. Okay, so so borrowing money is one of the enumerated powers. All right, but you could also be very sloppy, and we are with our money, not their money, our money, our taxpayer money, regulating commerce. Is another one, and that that whole that was put in there to 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 quell any kind of dispute between states and not have states write tariffs between states. They didn't want any of that going on. So, the regulation of commerce is another enumerated power. Uh, establishing rules of naturalization and laws of on bankruptcies. Okay, those are together. They're together, uh, and it's kind of like there are two versus one there, right? But let me talk about naturalization for a minute. Naturalization, I think we talked about this on the last podcast or one of the other earlier podcasts. Naturalization has to do with what are the laws necessary 
to grant citizenship. It does not include immigration. Yeah, those are two different things. Those are two different things. Now, the Supreme Court has ruled that Congress had broad powers over immigration. I happen to disagree. A lot of people do disagree. Okay. It doesn't mean that the Supreme Court's right. <laughs> it's just that mm-hmm. that's what the ruling is now. So now there's a lot, you know, so the question really is, if it's not an enumerated power, immigration is not an enumerated power, you go back to the 10th Amendment, and it's left to the states or to the people. Okay, so if you're really a purist on this, and many would agree with this, it's the states that have to control their own borders, not the federal government. Okay. We'll uh, have to do a... Um... We'll have to do a words matter episode comparing naturalization and immigration. We could we could really have some fun with yeah exactly that. exactly exactly. Uh, another enumerated power is to coin money. By the way, it doesn't say anything about paper currency here, does it? But to coin money, all right. Uh, which is why we have you know uh, federally owned mints, right? It uh, says to a- coin to coin money, regulate the value thereof, and a foreign coin. And fix the standard of weights and measures. Right, right. Yeah, weights and measures is important. You know, uh, there's kind of a joke that says, you know, uh, <clears throat> we're going to the metric system here in the United States. We're getting there inch by inch. You ever hear that one? Uh, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, the metric system makes total sense, by the way, if you really understand it. But and- but we all grew up on the on the standard, you know, English system, and and it's really hard to. If I said to you, "Hey, I live uh, twenty six kilometers away," I have to calculate that in my head: point six times twenty. You know, so conversion uh, math. I dread if it. You said, but if you said twenty six miles away, I could say, "Oh, yeah, that's about twenty six minute drive, right?" If I do the speed limit, uh, <laughs> punish counterfeiting is another. Okay. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and rules are about counterfeiting. I would almost say almost every member of Congress should be guilty of that, but uh, since we're printing <laughs> money right? in the Federal Reserve, um, establish post offices and post roads is another enumerated power. Okay. Which that's okay. kind of fun to look into that one because in the beginning, like I've said before, the roads were terrible, you know, and getting from colony to colony wasn't an easy, comfortable thing to do. So getting an established mail system together. That's pretty cool that they did that. Now, a lot of people may or may not know this, but uh, when Eisenhower instituted the interstate system, the interstate road system, mm-hmm. one of the primary reasons for that was to provide aircraft straight avenues to land. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So if you look at any interstate, you'll say, well, first of all, I-17 in Arizona is all straight almost. No, not quite. It goes up into the mountains, but they're all sections. It's mandated to have sections every so often for airplanes to land on it in the case of our airports being bombed in a time of war. Eisenhower. That was one of the major prime reasons for our interstate system. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you'll see the signs on the highways says Eisenhower interstate system. Well, he's the guy that conceived all that and conceptualized that. Um, Promote science and useful arts by protecting exclusive rights. So this gets down to copyright laws, it gets down to patent laws and things like that. So, you know, uh, unless it's changed, you know, uh, copyright and patent laws. Noah Noah Webster was a part of the copyright thing as he was writing his book. He was really, it was really important to him to have 
each author have the rights to their own stuff protected? I think it's the life, unless they change it, I think the copyright is the life of the author plus 40 years. Mm-hmm. And a patent typically was 17, but that, that all might have changed. I haven't been kept up on all these different changes to these laws. Um, uh, constitute tribunals inferior to the superior court. So in other words, to create a, a federal justice system below the superior court, right? You have all these federal courts. You hear about the famous Ninth District all the time over mm-hmm. in California, San Francisco. <laughs> um, so that's that's another one. Uh, and by the way, the Senate one of their one of their powers is to appoint judges, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's kind of a big deal, by the way. Uh, right. Control so, land. Would that, would that be like when they do the kind of hearings and trials when they want to see who's doing what in? That's yeah, all in the, the Senate. Yeah, it's in the Senate. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what you're talking about the Supreme Court nominees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they have to, the Senate has to, uh, uh, the president appoints and the Senate has to uh, approve. And then the president then, you know, signs off on it. Right. Okay. Um, constitute tribunals inferior to the Superior Court. That's what we talked about that. That's, that's yeah, all these other, that other, other uh, federal courts. Control land for limited purposes. Now, this one here, see, some of these get abused, right? Control land for limited purposes. Now, what's the definition of limited? You'd have to go to the Federalist Papers. You'd have to look at what that really means. But right now, I believe if you really look at the spirit of this one, and again, all of these could be an episode all by themselves, you'll find that the federal government has overreached in this regard. Okay? Yeah. And as a matter of fact, when you start looking at science, there is something called the Antiquities Law way back in, oh, geez, I can't remember the name, early 1900s. The Antiquities Law was the given the, the federal government the right to claim uh, a, a, a either land, structure, statue, whatever, they have either histor- historic or uh, historic or, uh, or scientific uh, purposes, right? So, for example, here in Arizona, we got the Meteor Creator, right? I gotta put this cat down. Hold, give me just a second. Okay, we would not allow we would not allow building on that because it has scientific purposes. Okay, that's what we're talking about. Any kind of Indian reservation, Indian tribe, uh, Indian uh, uh, or Native American, I should say. You know, uh, uh, dwellings that are now abandoned. All these have historic purposes, so those would be subjected to the antiquities law. However. Uh, that has been abused by Obama and and by Biden by saying, well, we're going to take back a lot of land, especially here in Arizona, from our cattle ranchers because of cow flatulence coming out of the cows Mm -hmm. and you're destroying the planet and all that. And they're tying that into a scientific reason for claiming back that land and taking the livelihood away from these these ranchers, okay? So we this definitely is I, need to do a whole show on oh, there's, that. There's, 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 there's so many things like that that are being abused and how they look at these things and they twist them. And this goes back to your words matter, Christy, because that's not what this was supposed to be about, okay? Even the antiquities law is not supposed to be used in that regard. But this is where these tyrants actually come in and 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 and, and twist these things and they get away with it because most people are not educated on this stuff. Uh, from day to day, they're just worried about putting food on the table and, and and all that. So anyway, so those are some of the general warfare powers. Now, the common defense. Mm-hmm. 
define and punish piracies and felonies. Okay. Uh, and I believe the definition of a felony is any any crime committed that commands a year or greater in prison. Um, piracies, you know, and back then that was kind of a big deal. All right. I think I don't think we have that as much anymore, although some of our pirates are within the government themselves. Uh, let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, this one here, Christy, declare war, or war, war powers act, if you will. This is abused all the time. Vietnam, they call it a conflict, right? I don't know. You kill 50, 58,000 of our men and women, it's not a conflict, okay? When somebody shoots at you, it's not a conflict. It's a war, all right? Afghanistan was the same way. So when I met with Kevin McCarthy when I was running for Congress, I, I looked at him and said, I spent about an hour with him, and I said, can you do me a favor? I know you're, at the time he was in a minority. I said, uh, when you become speaker, because I, I knew he would, um, can you make sure the President Biden does not go to war without it going to you guys for a vote in Ukraine, okay? And get everybody on record to vote for mm -hmm. this war, okay? Because he's already, you know, the presidents have come on both sides of the aisle, not Trump, he didn't start a, a war, but and, and 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 went to war without getting the grant from 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 Congress relative to this uh, this enumerated power. All right, that just might be the most egregious abuse of power because the loss of life and the devastation that follows for one per, you know for the executive to make a decision like that outside of the boundaries. It's, it's correct. That's just correct. Disgusting. Well, you know, uh, well, there's a whole notion here about the National Guard and that the president can't you know, uh, unilaterally declare war and then pull our state National Guard in, okay? That's another nullification thing that we're going to talk about when we get to nullification. Um, but anyway, declaring war is kind of a big deal. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you'd love to see everybody on record for that uh, to, to, to understand. And, and, you know, maybe we won't be in so many wars if we did go to Congress and let them vote on it, Right. But the president can't unilaterally can't unilaterally do that just like laterally spend money because the power of the purse is with Congress, right? Uh, raise and support armies and provide and maintain a navy. Now, again, of course, they didn't talk about an air force back then because there were no airplanes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the spirit of those two there are are now now from what I understand, and we ought to get at this a little bit more, those are supposed to be temporary armies, not permanent fixtures. Okay. Um mm. And and which is which is interesting, but uh, I think that one we'll have to come back to and, and get a little bit deeper in that. Make the rules for land and naval forces, right? What other rules? Right? Like for example, we have a two hundred mile international waters rule that says anything off the off the coast for two hundred miles is international water is international waters begin after the two hundred mile mark, and uh, and that's that's kind of the types of things that they talk about. Call forth the militia to execute laws, suppress insurrections, and repel invasions. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now and the militia goes way back to like colonial times. We had the militias at the ready. Well, you know, I think they're coming off the Revolutionary War where they kind of said, hey, look, uh, you know, it was the citizens who freed our country from England, right? Yep. It was there's no army to call it. Well, there was, but there, you know, all these people were just Joe Farmer, basically. You know, I mean, there's no formal 
you know. So that's another one. And the last one I have here, organize, arm, and discipline the militia. It's another enumerated power, writing laws around around that, right? So so these are the things that are enumerated powers. And uh I think I think you could probably see as laws get written over the course of time, we've come outside the bounds of this, especially with three letter agencies, uh things like uh, OSHA, EPA, FDA, CDC, uh, ATF uh, with firearms, uh, the Department of Education. Nowhere in here does it say Congress can write laws about healthcare. Nowhere no. in here does it say that Congress can write laws relative to even hate to say it, uh, Social Security. No, <laughs> nothing in here says that they 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 need to provide legislation around a a retirement system, which is what Social Security is supposed to be. Nowhere no. in here does yeah, no one here does it say that they can write laws around health care. Obamacare was unbelievably unconstitutional. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you like the law or not is not the matter. The bottom line That's is if it's unconstitutional, it's dead on arrival. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how good it is, right? And and or how, how favorable. Because once you open up that door and say, okay, well, I like that law, so we'll let that one in, you just basically abdicated all of your rights for further abuses. Yeah, you always have to look at how can this be used, you know, if it was implemented, good and bad. Um, So some of these are kind of interesting because like like define and punish piracies and felonies. So defining it, that's kind of open, like as things change or like well, like piracies then once you know like when you get the the movies it says at the beginning like no no piracy of this movie you'll be punished and stuff like but we they didn't have movies back then so i guess like looks like they have a little freedom to define is a little more broad of a scope as things develop same with the um make rules for land and naval forces so mm-hmm. obviously they can do a lot of things within those categories depending on what's happening so they might you know so it's like each one of these things you can do a lot of things with them so it kind of makes it a little harder when you're watching you just so you need to know these things to say okay they're doing this regulation today on this and that so you really got to come back to which category does it fit into and does it fit right and 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 i think going back to your points that you made on the on the on the words matter podcast okay (laughs) You've got to look at other supporting documents mm-hmm. to understand what is meant by each one of these. Mm-hmm. I am sure the way it's intended, having $32 trillion worth of debt, which is now 120% higher than our GDP, Ugh. was not in context of what they meant by borrowing money. No. Okay? So... So that's why, you know, just looking at, oh, borrow money. Oh, they can borrow money. Let's, let's go out and borrow money, right? No, that's not what, that's not how you can look at this. And and this is the point you made last time. You can't just read the word on the paper and mm-hmm. walk away with your own interpretation about what borrow money in this case means. You can't do that. You've got to go back to the founders, the intent, the debate, the discussion, the, the you know, the Federalist Papers, the Webster's Dictionary, to your point earlier, right? And mm-hmm. words matter, and understand the context of what that all meant. 
And that's where we run into problems because people look at this now and they, they're lazy. They don't want to go deeper than what, because if they think they're getting their right answer off of this, it's called confirmation bias. Um, they're not going to go any further to prove themselves wrong. All right. So mm -hmm. that's why these documents can't just be read, taking the words off the page literally and and then and then and moving on with your agenda. It's just not the way it's supposed to be. And I think you made that point very well when we did the words matter uh mm -hmm. episode. So anyway, that's a rough um, cut of these enumerated powers here, okay? Mm -hmm. Oh, one of the ones I want to say <laughs> the one to raise and support armies. It goes on to say, but no appropriation of money to that use shall be for a longer term than two years. Two so years, that's every two yeah. years they do that that mm -hmm. act. They have mm -hmm. to reiterate it every two years. Mm -hmm. And every time they do it, they stuff it full of pork and mm -hmm. pass all kinds of other garbage with it that doesn't even relate or belong. So I've kind of seen them do that a few times since I started paying attention. And I'm yeah, like, oh. you meant to mention that, you know, Ronald Reagan wanted to have a line item veto because he would get a bill, let's say a bill on veterans uh, benefits. Okay. But in that bill, would be 400 different things that had nothing to do with veteran benefits. It would have to do with, uh, you know, funding for this and funding for that. So he wanted a line item veto to be able to, uh, I mean, what would you do as a congressperson if you got a bill that had unbelievable benefits that are grossly needed by our veterans, but along with that, somebody tagged along uh, funding for Planned Parenthood? Oh. Now, if you veto the, if you not, if you vote no on the bill as a congressman, you're going to get killed either way. If you agree to the bill and vote yes, you're going to get killed either way. Okay, so so he that's where I think. Oh, go ahead. No, no, good. That's where I think it's so important to have some kind of a relationship with your representative, you know, and to be in contact. Um, mm -hmm. Like Paul Gosar is really good about doing his weekly um, news yeah. release on everything that happened during the week in Congress. Because if you're getting that information, like, and your congressman's explaining to you, hey, I didn't vote for this because they shoved this in there, you know, like being able to understand that and see these things clearly because it's so hard when you have an 1800 page bill, like nobody's going to take the time to read that. So as a citizen, you know, so having, um, holding your Congressman to explaining these things to you and, or hopefully like, like Gosar was being good enough to us to explain to us on his own accord. Um, I think it's really good to be in tune that way to know exactly when and why they're saying no to avoid the, unnecessary slaughter from time to time and then, and then he'd come it. back and say oh yeah by the way the part i liked about that bill i'm going to put in my own bill and pull yeah it in another bill okay mm -hmm. so you can always do that but a lot mm -hmm. of times when you hear oh so-and-so voted against this sometimes it's not fair okay because of mm -hmm. that reason right now i had another solution to it if i were president i would insist any bill that comes to me with one or more, one one or more with more than one subject, if you will, yeah. is dead on arrival. Mm -hmm. I want a single issue bill coming to me every single time you present me with a bill. If you don't want to do that, then guess what? Now, that could be my prerogative as president, and it would be, I believe, constitutional. I do mm -hmm. understand, though, why the Supreme Court ruled against Reagan on the line on veto. Because 
when it comes to the president, right, wrong, or indifferent, it got passed by the representatives yeah. of the people, and mm-hmm. the people have spoken through the representatives. That bill got passed. Okay, somehow everybody said, yeah, there's enough votes to say yes, even though it had some distasteful parts of it. And oh, yeah, by the way, who's to say that now Reagan can pick and choose what was passed by the people? Because a lot of those are in concert with in concert with each other and also part of negotiation as well right so yeah anyway. yeah you're right that would that i could i could see where that comes from it's yeah it's, it's picking it apart you don't it, like it, it. it does you seem know, a little... it's, it's like when we get into flag burning and stuff like that you don't like the ruling but if you're true to the constitution there will be some things that are distasteful to you you know and yeah. that's something that we have to have to always think about we can't always just do you know, interpret the Constitution based on our emotions. And we yeah. can't also interpret the Constitution what we think the government should do. It's very clear in Article 1, Section 8, Christy, in the enumerated powers, what Congress can and can't do relative to writing laws. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, a lot of these unconstitutional agencies that we will talk more about are just way out of line for what the enumerated powers uh, were granted to the people under that dome called Congress. Because if, if they pass, if Congress passes something that you don't like and your representative votes for it, then you can personally call their office, write your letters. You can go pick it outside if you want to. You can make a fuss about it directly to the person who's representing you. When that power gets outsourced to these agencies that are just so big and vast and unaccountable it's like you just we've we've totally lost control over what's going on and what's affecting our daily lives and and they and they go outside the scope of what the law was anyway so yeah and these right and these regulations <laughs> have, well i mean when the cdc said center for disease control they, they came out with a regulation that said a landlord during covid cannot evict somebody the cdc who's supposed to be talking about medical, by the way, CDC is unconstitutional too, but yeah. that's, that's another subject for another day. Yeah. They came we, out and said a landlord. Is that in there in this enumerated powers? Where's the part no. about diseases? There's nothing about and health, health in here and there's yeah. nothing about education in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. That's how you do this. Right. So anyway. Okay. Well, I think we'll end it here. I mean, that's just a little bit of primer on these. Like I said, each one of these is a subject very, very deep and maybe we'll pick a few really, controversial ones over the course of time and and talk about it so and kind of go from there so okay all right all right well christy thank you um that's uh christy tyrone and it's mark deluzio and we are the constitution solution one podcast under god thank you for listening to the enumerated powers uh hopefully that would uh enlighten you a little bit about your your government and what they're allowed to do. Remember what the Constitution is. It's a limit on the government. It's not a limit on you. And it's not granting you any rights. Your rights come from God. And uh, it's clarifying what rights you do have. But this Constitution is a constraint and a set of guidelines and guardrails of what the, the government, the federal government, is allowed to do. And when they step outside these bounds, they're infringing on your rights. Okay. And which usually costs you money. So anyway, thank you. We'll see you next time for Christy and uh, me, Mark Delizio. See you next time. Thank you. Bye. God bless.
Thanks for listening to the Constitution Solution, one podcast under God. You can find other episodes on our website at 1787solution.com, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're your hosts, Christy Tyrone and Mark Deluzio. Until next time, may God bless you and may God bless America. 